Welcome into episode 47 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor. Today I'm going to be joined by Elliot as well. And on today's episode, we have some takeaways from the Jets' first two preseason games. Against the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday, they beat them 2-1 in a shootout. And on Monday, they beat them 5-0 at home. We also preview tonight's game against the Calgary Flames. And by the time this episode is out, you will have already seen that game. Outside of that, there's not much news to talk about. Nikolai Ehlers still out, likely not going to skate Friday with the neck spasms that have been bothering him. And Vladimir Mesikov is on the wing with Cole Perfetti and Nito Niederreiter for this game against the Flames tonight. That's all the news. If you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. Make sure that you're following us on all socials at WPG, And enjoy episode 47. This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 47 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor. I've got Elliot here with me today. Elliot, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, everyone's going to comment, why is there so many different backgrounds? I'm moving. So <laughs> this is this is now the permanent setup. This will all fill itself out soon. I've got a bunch of plans for it. So but I'm doing good. Everything is good. Moving is hectic. And Brian is also moving. And that's yeah. the reason he's not here. So Still um, on the 10-day. Still on the still 10 day. on the ten day, yeah. It's uh, it's a busy time with the with the moving for both of you. School and the Jets are starting to play. Um, the Jets have had two preseason games. Um, we're recording on Wednesday, September twenty seventh, so they play tonight against Calgary. Um, when you hear this, they will have played that game, but we're gonna preview that later in the episode. Um, and give us give you give you some thoughts on what we're looking for tonight. Um, and then you can see if it if it plays out or not. Uh, but they did play two games against the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday at 5 p.m. They played uh, against in Edmonton and won two one in a shootout. Um, let's start there because the the second game at home was was a blowout. They won five one. But let's start with the first game. Um, the second line played without Nikolai Ehlers, so Perfetti mm-hmm. and Niederreiter played with Jeff Malott. Um, a few key defensive players played. Uh, what were your Colin Delia made 36 of 37 saves? Yeah. Um, what What were your main takeaways from that very first preseason action? I mean, it looked sloppy for a chunk of it. Like it, there, there's not much else to say on that front. Um, obviously, Colin Delia playing not too bad. A couple of the saves were weren't the most convincing. They were a little like, okay, kind of like it's hard to tell. Like obviously, I know he's. Connor and I were at training camp and we were talking about this. I said those two, Connor Hellebuck and Colin Delia were both practicing at the same time. And I was trying to see what the difference was and you, and something like this. And we'll see tonight as uh, Connor Hellebuck is the starter for tonight's game against the flames. But Delia, you can tell is not as polished in his positioning. His trying to get from post to post was a little shaky at times. But he he made it work, and that's all you can ask out of a goaltender. So, 
but no, I I thought that like Perfetti, I thought played pretty well with Niederreiter, and the third line looked pretty okay. Like I I actually feel pretty good about the Jets depth this year from what they've shown in both games. Yeah, in that first game, I mean, Perfetti first action at center that was like the biggest storyline coming into the offseason. Who's going to be the second line center? It's Cole Perfetti. This is the first game, and I thought he looked good. Yeah, he's making the right reads. He's, you know, his two-way game is there. He's back. He's the, the first one back into the zone. He's making good plays. And he said at training camp that he feels comfortable there. And outside of the last couple of years, he's played center his whole life. So it's just a matter of getting back into the rhythm, um, learning all the relearning in his case, all the things that all the responsibilities that a center has. And I think he'll be fine in that role. And I didn't see anything from this very first preseason game, I'm, I'm not going to make a sweeping takeaway anyways, but I didn't see anything that would turn me away from him being a successful center. It it looked natural. He looked comfortable. And that was the very first game. So he'll, yeah, he's playing tonight as well. Nemesikov is moving up to the wing to play with Perfetti and Niederreiter. And we'll see it again. We'll see how comfortable he looks. They'll be the, the top line, quote unquote, since the Shifley line is not playing. And yeah, what you want to see is steady improvement. Um, we know that he knows how to play center because as he said, he's done it his whole life. It's just a matter of getting those reps. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm excited to watch tonight's game, especially for that reason. Um, but another reason is because the, the defense core is basically the tryout. And yeah. we'll go back to the, the first game here and bring up kind of the, the analytics um, this is Hockey Stat Cards. They have a Twitter account. The data is from Natural Stat Trick. Um, go follow them. It's great, great information. We're going to use both the cards here for game one and two. Um, but as, if you're on YouTube, as you can see, Billy Hanel and Nate Schmidt are at the top of the, the the numbers, the game score composition, the analytics department for this 2-1 win against the Edmonton Oilers. And I've been saying uh, the last couple of days that it sucks for Billy Hanela. Because at the end of the day, no matter how good he plays, he's going to get sent down. He's 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 waiver exempt. He doesn't need waivers to go down. And three other guys in front of him do. And if he were to stay up, then that means two of those players. You know, we always, we kept saying you're going to lose someone for nothing. Well, then you're going to lose two players for nothing if Hanela stays up with the team, right? Maybe he's the first call up in, in uh, injury's sake. But out of training camp, it's a really tough mountain to climb for Ville Hanela to make this roster, but it's still encouraging to see him at the top of this. Um, he looked great. Transition looked great. What were your thoughts on, I guess, I guess the top three names are Hanela Schmidt and Chisholm. So what are your initial thoughts on that? The back end battle and how those players looked in game one? Well, in a game that was sloppy and defensive, you would hope that your defensemen are at the top of the list when it comes to analytics, right? I thought Hanoa's passing, obviously, we know that he is great in transition. He's great at stitching the play from the back, right? It's he's that's just his calling card. I thought I think the metrics, I thought he was okay defensively. I didn't think that he was like out of this world great. So to see that in the stats in the analytics that he actually did better than I thought he did is is a good look to me. I mm -hmm. think that, I think that is really good because maybe hopefully the coaching staff sees it this way 
and hopefully doesn't see it how I saw it, where it's like, ah, well, he kind of did his thing and, you know, he he made some passes. He was really good in moving the puck up and he did his normal thing. I think Declan Chisholm having a good game is good. And I mean, you kind of hope that someone like Nate Schmidt, who's been in the top six, he's been in the right. defensive core now for for a little bit. You would hope that he has a good game. But I think, again, Villy being the top of the list here, I think is indicative of him having a good game and showing the Jets that he should be on this roster, regardless of who you lose. Yeah, and I remember last year in the exit interviews when we were interviewing Villy, he said, um, Dave Manuk asked him, like, what can you do this offseason to better your chances to make the Jets next year? Something something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. But he basically said, all I can do is put my head down, work as hard as I can, be in the gym, be on the ice, um, and just work my butt off to make this team. And again, it's just one game, but it would have been real concerning if Villy Hanela was... Uh, got like shelled in his own zone, right? And yeah. couldn't break the puck out and was getting muscled off the puck. Things that we've seen from his game in the past, it would have been concerning to see that stuff. And we didn't. And he was his usual transition dominant self. And that's a good step in the first, good first step in the right direction for, for Villy. But as I said, it's kind of unfortunate because there's not really a chance he makes this team. So. I think there's I a higher than none. I think that it's, yeah. a, I, I personally, I think it's a 50 50. I think it's the Jets got to make a decision. I think that's that, a little high just because of the waivers. Like he could play great. He could be at the top of this list every game. And it's just simply the fact that he's waiver exempt. Which sucks because he's looked, yeah, which, the, the hilarious which part is, is he's looked really good almost every preseason. And it just yeah. doesn't matter what, like, even his, I went to three preseason games the his draft year and he, yeah. that he played with the jets and he looked fantastic and he probably yeah. looked like the best defenseman for most of it and he just didn't get a shot so yeah yeah let's um yeah that that's a great point let's let's move on to some of the other names on this list i mean lowry i follow appleton is going to open the season as the third line they're kind of at the top slash middle of the pack they're not a game-breaking performance from them per se but they're in the positive defensively which is what you're going to see a lot from that line um yeah. but i don't mind then, that like yeah. i i think that that line like obviously we know adam lowry can contribute somewhat offensively like we've talked about i think i follow adds an actual offensive punch to the line and then mason yeah. appleton is just speed i mean like He's an okay defensive player. I think the other two help him out, and I don't think he's a great offense. Personally, I don't think he's a great offensive player, but if you can add a little bit of speed to the line, and I know he likes dumping the puck in, if it means he's dumping it in beating guys to the puck and he's feeding Ayafalo out in front or Lowry out in front to bang one home, like, yeah, I, I think I think that line is going to score some... Like, I don't know if Appleton will get on the score sheet much, but I think he will... I think his plus-minus might be higher this year just because he'll be on the ice for plays where I'll follow and Lowry... Like, even Lowry's just standing in front of the net. One of the guys throws it. Somebody throws it in front, and they bang. he bangs one home. Right? Yeah. I yeah, know, I I know plus-minus doesn't mean a lot, but I'm just trying to say that... Right. Well, it may be, look all weird when looking at the stats at the end of the year. I'm just going to say right. that will know that he was on the ice for a bunch of goals because his plus minus. Sorry. Right. No, you're good. I I 
totally agree. I think this line, the third line in the past, and the reason people are saying that the bottom six could be kind of re reinvented is the third line, the way they would be successful is by completely shutting down the opponent. And then it would be even like if they completely shut down their opponent, they're not generating offense. So yeah. then it would be like a wash. And that's, that's a win for the third line. Now you add, I follow who scored. I said on the last podcast, or maybe the one before that he scored between 13 and 17 goals every year for the past. What is it? Five seasons. So he's going to score between six, 13 and seven. Years. He's going to score between 13 and 17 goals and adding that to the third line. Um, and they're going to improve defensively. Like I follow is a beast yeah. on the penalty kill five on five, you name it. Um, yeah. That third line, I I have high hopes for. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be impressive. Uh, like they may have twenty goals between between them because Lowry, you probably can probably be, well, yeah, you can bank yeah. in Lowry for ten to fifteen. You know, I follow is yeah. going to have thirteen to seventeen, or sorry, twelve to seventeen, and mm-hmm. Mason Appleton will probably chip in maybe seven or eight. Right, like that yeah. third line might end up being that our our okay, we just need to f- somehow find a way to put one in the back of the net. And yeah. bonus might just throw them out there to play some defense and generate offense just in greasy ways. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree that uh, rapid fire for the rest here. I, I think Perfetti and Niederreiter, you see the offense is not there, but I'm going to wait to judge that line as a whole until Ehlers comes back because mm-hmm. analytically offensively Nikolai Ehlers is that guy. And that yeah. would that would change a little bit. Like they would have a little bit of a boost offensively. Um, and then Lambert, Chipperkov, Zilkin was a line. Um, I believe they were the fourth line in this mm-hmm. game. So they didn't play much. Um, their prospects getting their first preseason action, knocking off the rest. No, no sweeping takeaways need to be made from this game. Um, and Dylan and Bauer struggled at times with, with foot speed. Um, and defending the rush, which is why you see their defensive numbers kind of plummeting here. But Brendan Dillon is a veteran. Tyrell Bauer is going to be on the moose this year. Like we know, we know what those players are, and I'm not too worried about that either. Um, yeah. Do you have any rapid fire takeaways from kind of the bottom half of this? Like we saw flashes from the fourth line. That's about it. Like you can't. I, I think oh, Lambert flashes, looked good though. off. Lambert looked good off the rush. There was a couple times where. Chipperkov did what he did in development camp a lot that we saw where he was protecting the puck. He was keeping plays alive. I like those guys are here's the best part is yes, we know we've talked about Jokin being a two-way guy and he wants to be good on both ends of the ice, but we both know that Chipperkov and Lambert are probably not the best guys to put with him because they're all offensive players. So defensively, we're not really expecting we know Brad Lambert is supposed to be a point machine, like we're not expecting him. Obviously, he needs to be okay on defense, but looking at the numbers, I think I think them just looking with flashes and each of them having little moments, I think is just a step in the right direction for right. guys who are all going to be like those. Those guys could be playing in the Moose together this year. Like that could be a yeah. Moose line. So totally. getting a view of that against guys who are in that tweener zone on that Edmonton roster and them kind of playing not great isn't the worst look in the world. Yeah, no, I agree. And even with the moose, you could you'll probably see them. Let's get this card out of here. You'll probably see them uh play with a veteran. Like, I yeah. don't know if all three of them are gonna be on the same line. That's yeah. just kind of how the lines shook out in this game. But yeah, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't doubt it if they put a veteran on the wing of Jokin or Lambert. Uh, Lambert especially because we know um, he's dominant with the puck. So putting like a Chibrikov who's also dominant with the puck, it's kind of a yeah. like clashing there. But we'll see. We'll see how the Moose well, lines shake out. We, I think we, their we, training we, camp we may see, next week. We may see that line at some point, though. I will say if they need a goal or something, yes. right? That yes. might be a That's line that they throw out there, which is cool. But yeah, besides the point. I totally agree. Um, let's move on to game two. The Edmonton Oilers sent one of the worst rosters I think I've ever seen in an NHL preseason game. I mean, they it wasn't even like their AHL team. Like they had, okay, they had Dylan Holloway, Brett Kulak, and Cody Cece, who are going to play on the Oilers this year. Outside of that, it was AHL players. It was junior players. Well, Philip um, Broberg's Cal- a good player. He didn't play though. He wasn't in that game. I thought he was in the first. I thought I thought he was in the second game. I swear I heard Dan um, Robertson say his name. Anyway, go Z- ahead. Xavier Borgo, who is a first round pick, was in that game too. But he's he'll go back to junior, the AHL or something. Yeah. Um, but basically, the card you're about to see if you're on YouTube, this is what should have happened. Like the Jets looking. Rick Bonus even admitted it after the game. Like you look at both these teams on paper, the Jets should have pummeled them five nothing, and that's exactly what yeah. they did. Lauren Brossois with a shutout. Um, I think that's notable. Yeah, I think yeah. that's notable because if he's able to play good and give the Jets some some quality starts, that means less for Hellebuck, and that means a fresher Hellebuck down the stretch, um, especially if you're keeping him, If like if the Jets are keeping him for the remainder of the season. And that's important. I think Brossois playing 25-ish games, anywhere in that 20 to 30 range, is really important, and Hellebuck, should not be getting over 60 starts at this stage in his career at going into his age 31 season. I believe he's a competitor. He wants to play every game, but you paid 1.75 million or whatever it was for a quality top of the line backup. And you got to, and this, this was a good start. Who a, a guy, a guy who beat you last year in the playoffs too. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, let's, yeah, I let's get into the numbers. I mean, this was a blowout, so there isn't much to take away outside of how good everyone looked, I guess. is the way to put it. <laughs> I guess other than um, the fourth line didn't do anything offensively, but <laughs> right. Right, apparently not. Um again, the fourth lines Parker Ford, Torgerson, Lucius. I thought Torgerson had a good game and he had a few yeah, good me too. in front. So, these these uh these can be taken with a grain of salt. They're just they're helping us with uh, you know, some content ideas here. Um, but let's start again at the top. Josh Morrissey and Elias Salmonson just absolutely crushed it in this game. I mean, I said to Elliot before we go on, seeing over three on a single game game score composition is unheard of. And they're way out like they're way, way, way out there. Um, and that is great to see. I Obviously, from Josh Morrissey, when you're playing against this Edmonton Oilers roster, he's going to dominate. But seeing Salmonson right up there with him. Uh, they meshed really well. Um, what were your takeaways from Elias Salmonson's performance before we move into the rest of the roster, which was kind of cut and dry? Um, I think Sal- he looked like as advertised and what yep. we had been told from over the offseason. First real game action. By Scott Wheeler. Uh, by Scott Wheeler. Told by Scott Wheeler. By, yep. by everybody else, right? Shout out Scott Wheeler um yeah yeah like i think he looked great he looked great in transition he was his passing was i think the biggest thing for me like i know he's supposed to be this big two-way defenseman that can skate and kind of do everything i think his ability 
to read the defense and pick apart passes was phenomenal. I think mm-hmm. there were a couple times where he was on the right-hand side, on the right-hand boards, and he was fl- like flinging passes. He was like going tape to tape with guys, or at least close to tape to tape with guys. Like I think he yeah. he he looked as advertised. I'm really sad that he's going back to Sweden at the end of all of this. I was really excited to hopefully see him stay with the Moose and potentially like if you put it together a couple performances like that. I know we just talked about this with Billy, but at least then mm-hmm. that gives you a shot at a call up later. Like I, I right. think that if he plays well enough in this preseason, I can see maybe the Jets trying to find a way to convince him at some point to come back over. And yeah. I, I know there's the whole they got to buy out his contract and da 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 with the whole international thing. But I think if they can convince him that, hey, we need some help right now mm-hmm. and we think that you could be that help, he may come back over. But obviously, Josh Morrissey is going to Josh Morrissey. But yeah, I, I, exactly. and I think that being his partner, I think helps him a little bit. But there were, again, like I said, there were plays that Morrissey has nothing to do with that Salmonson was making. Like I knew there was never a point where he had the puck and I was nervous that he had the puck. Like I yeah. know he was a, he was a little timid to begin the game, but I don't like I don't count the first couple shifts of your like the first two shifts of your first preseason action should not be indicative of how you feel about a player, especially when it's their first time in an, an NHL jersey, right? Yeah, like, and to to further that, I mean Salmonson got crushed like eight seconds into the game on the very first like puck goes to the wall up the wall. He goes to step up and Brad Malone just absolutely runs him over. And it's like, wow, welcome to the NHL, right? Like (laughs) he just got pummeled and he popped right back up and was fine. Obviously the rest of the game, no harm, no foul, but he, his skating was, it stood out to me in the, in the best way possible. I mean, he's such a smooth skater for his age. Um, And yeah, he's moving well with Josh Morrissey. Like we talked to uh, Jack Hahn, like, 20 25 episodes ago this was months and months ago but one of the questions we asked him was like what makes a, a d pairing work well together like morrissey and Demello. like you didn't you wouldn't think that's like stylistically a great fit but it just works and he's his biggest thing was like the partners have to be able to move at the same speed and move together so salmonson having success with morrissey and being able to move at the same speed as a norris candidate um, obviously he's not a Norris candidate or whatever, but like, that's not what I'm saying, but him being able to skate his way out of trouble, skate with Josh Morrissey, um, and put up dominant analytics, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, very impressive, very impressive from a 19 year old. Um, we're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY or 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 
789 quadruple 7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, see dkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources uh, are there for your availability. Uh, Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Now, I want to talk about the fourth line. Vladislav Nemesikov, Morgan Barron, Rasmus Kapari, all up there at the top. Um, And I wrote an article the day of this game saying how the fourth lines looked great. We were there the first day. Um, Mm -hmm. They were all over the Shifley line in one of the drills. Um, The fourth line has looked great in training camp. Morgan Barron (laughs) looks like he's taking another step forward. Um, And Rasmus Kapari in training camp kind of caught my eye with his skating. And it all came together in this preseason game, and they looked great. Morgan Barron had the goal from Josh Morrissey. Rasmus Kapari was all around it. Like, he was in the crease. He was making things happen. Uh, And the fourth line has been kind of hyped up as, like, this could be the best Jets fourth line in Jets 2.0 history. And, like, obviously, we'll see in regular season action. Like, that's a little bit of a uh, – that's take. But it they're – on that right trajectory, like they looked yep. great. If Rasmus Kapari, if this is a true change of scenery and he's he's revitalized, this fourth line can be dominant. And this was a great first step because they looked great against a, a an awful Oilers roster. Uh, next to Elias Salmonson, I think Rasmus Kapari had probably the best game. Yeah, like. I he, he was the most notable to me. He was making plays. I thought he was great. I've been super excited. Like we saw him at training, Connor and I saw him at training camp. And I looked at Connor and I said, I think he's going to be better than advertised. Now, yeah. you have to remember, he's a former first round pick. And LA was hoping that he would at some point turn as not panned of out at the NHL he, level. Yeah. Yeah. He hadn't panned out in LA. You'd hope he'd turn a corner. He hadn't. And so the Jets pick him up. I they I, I assume they went, well, he's first-round value. He's got to be somewhat good. And I don't even care. And I know we've talked about this too, so I won't, I'll won't. i keep this short. But I don't really care if Kupari ends up being a – he's a first-round pick, but he's only a bottom six forward. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. If you're good at what you do and you can be good, you don't have to be – not every player is going to be elite. Not every first-round pick you're going to have is going to Exactly. Hit. So if, if the Jets get Kupari – out of this and he becomes like their best fourth line center they've ever had or they're like a, a third line center that the jets can rely on like a bottom six guy that they can throw anywhere at wing center whatever i don't care he, he's an a asset win. for the jets it's a win so yeah. if he can continue this i am super excited and you already know how i feel about morgan Barron, so i won't even i won't right. bang that drum anymore <laughs> I know you're you're hyped to see him finish that goal off in the slot. I yeah. mean, how many chances did he have like that last year? And it would go off the post, or the goalie oh. would make an unreal save. That that was like nice I said, you gotta you gotta you gotta see it the other way now. It's a couple times, oh, yeah, a couple well, goals lucky. are gonna have to go in. So we'll we'll see we'll see how the they rest of to. that like like if that if Nemesikov stays on that line, that may be him being there might be the only reason why that that team is or sorry the fourth line is as good as it is because he should be theoretically higher up in the lineup but yeah like if he's he, on the fourth line then yeah he, like he crushed it in a second line center role last year and he's going to yeah. be your fourth line right winger like 
it's it's the best problem to have. This team yeah. is deep. And like you said, Rasmus Kapari, like first round draft capital, super hyped up, supposed to be this skilled power forward mesh player. Maybe he's like changing the way he plays and revitalizing his career. He's realizing, okay, I'm not going to be a top six center in the NHL. That's not how I'm going to prolong my career. I'm going to prolong my career by being a bottom sixer, killing penalties, um, chipping in goals here and there, wreaking havoc, being a good four checker, being in front of the net, you know, all these things that bottom six players do. Um, yeah. And maybe for the first four or five years of his career, you know, he's trying to be the Mark Shifley, the, the top six center mold. Um, and maybe he's he's going to change his style of play. I, I don't know. That's just what I saw. I didn't watch much. Rasmus Kapari didn't play many NHL games with the Kings. Um, but he looked like a bottom six player who was there to wreak havoc, forechecked hard, um, caused insurmountable amounts of chaos in the crease. Um, and the fourth line, like, that's what you want, right? That, Adam Lowry exactly 2.0? Adam Lowry 2.0. Let, let's chill out. First yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. First um, um, trying to create some headlines I, here. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. I'll clip that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> um, now, let, let's go to the the other big storyline of this game, which was the Shifley, Connor, Velarde. And let's just talk about Cal Connor's goal to start. It was all Gabe Velarde. Um, takes the puck in the crease. Fires a no-look pass right on the tape. Kyle Connor one times it. The goalie hasn't even like slid over yet. Like it was, it was a beautiful. It was beautiful. Goal. It was, it was. And Velarde in the intermission was talking about how it's like a simple read. Um, yeah, which is crazy to think. Um, he's just reading, I guess, the top guy in the box. And if he's not on Kyle Connor, he's just turning and firing that puck. But it was a thing of beauty. Um, the chemistry was definitely there on the power play. At five on five, I'd like to see a little more sustained pressure in the offensive zone. Um, and the analytics here would kind of agree with that. They're they're actually good defensively in this game, which is is a Funny. good thing. It's a good thing because that's what we were we said we yeah. were hoping for with Velarde, what he would add to this line. Um, but offensively, I think you want to see, excuse me again, a little bit more um from these guys. And and that'll come, right? Chemistry will be yeah. there. They're not playing tonight against Calgary, but I'm assuming they're going to get the last two games of the preseason. And obviously they're going to be playing 18 minutes a night when the regular season gets going. So yeah. the chemistry will get there. It's not going to happen immediately, but I think that's what you should be looking for with that top line as preseason rolls on and we get into the season is for them to build chemistry five on five. Cause obviously on the power play was there. Vlardy didn't even have to look to get it to Cal Connor um, and skilled players do what skilled players do on the power play. So that's kind of a wash, but it, it was, that was good to see, but five on five. I, I think I want to see more from that line. What, what did you see from our first action of Connor Shafley Velarde? Well, I, obviously it was kind of, you could tell that it was a little helter skelter all over the place. Cause like you said, they're right. trying to build some chemistry, right? But I don't think it's anything to worry about. Like it's the preseason they got to figure out how to play with one another. Both Connor and Shifley aren't, uh, excuse me, normally defensive players. Right. So, like, there's going to be some miscommunication there. Velarde's going to have to do a lot of work. I think that's also why I know there were a lot of people surprised that Velarde got the nod. I think it's mm. because 
We've seen it so many times with the lines that bonus makes. He's put Connor and Shifley with a defensive player on the right-hand side, right? Mm -hmm. So I think this was the perfect storm for them to get Velarde, a guy who can do things offensively and point produce, but he's also showing he's really good in the defensive end. So, I mean, it's stuff that they need to work on, but again, it's not like, oh, this person needs to take a step up and they need to play better or something. Like, no, it was, they played well. They just need to work on communication. And once they kind of get some chem together, I'm sure everything will be just fine. It's nothing. Everyone was worried about it. It's nothing to worry about guys. Just hold your horses. We're two games into the preseason. Like, let's calm down. If this was game 45 and we're stock, still talking, got to figure out chemistry, then okay, then there's a problem. But yeah. it's game two of the preseason. They still scored a I know, like you said, skilled players are going to do what skilled players do on the power play. But I think them already kind of passing it around on multiple different occasions, not just on that goal. Yeah. They worked the puck really well. So there's got to be at least some chemistry in the offensive end. So if it's just defensively, then while well, we already know that Shifley and Connor are going to be great there, so that may not change. So we'll have to see. Yeah, and Velarde did a interview with Winnipeg Sports Talk, and he was saying how Cal Connor and Mark Shifley are some of the best offensive players he's played with. Cal Connor, he said, was like the best offensive player he's ever seen, practiced with, whatever. Um, just with how twitchy he is and how agile he is and his shot. So you might see big things out of Gabe Velarde this year. Like these are the most offensively talented players that he's played with. And you could see a major uptick in production. Now we we've discussed this already. We've said this and what we want to see is the defensive side remain. Um, And I think it will. That was a good, that analyzing that from, from game two of the preseason, that was still there from Gabe Velarde. Um, so that's something to monitor as we as we roll through the preseason tonight. Uh, Jets, Flames. I will get the roster up here in a second, but what are you looking for um, in the Jets' third preseason game, second home game? They're playing a decent amount of players. Um, here, I'll I'll, uh, I'll quickly get the the roster up here. Yeah, I'm looking for. Obviously, we talked about it already. We talked about the defensive tryout, quote unquote, here. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. Uh, another thing I'm looking to see if Kupari, who's playing with a guy like Jansen Harkins, and he's also playing with Parker Ford. So he's not playing with guys that are as quote-unquote skilled. Like Harkins is decently mm-hmm. skilled, but Parker Ford's not a crazy skilled guy. So we don't, right. like, we'll see how he does with those guys tonight. Um, and we'll see how Nemesnikov plays with Perfetti and Niederreiter. But that mm-hmm. may be something that they're going to have to do this year. Right. Yeah. Like there may be times where the fourth line is playing well, but oh, well, the second line of Ehlers, Niederreiter, and Perfetti just isn't getting it done. Or they're getting shelled defensively or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so a guy like Nemestikov will have to come up. These are the games we're going to see. And we've started to know, we figured out that Bonus likes to move lines around. I think these games where the, he's playing weird, quote-unquote, what some people would say, weird lineups, mm-hmm. I think actually is quite indicative of potential combos he's thinking of, of game combos that are going to look yeah. weird, that you go, what? But I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we see a Nemeskov perfetti Niederreiter line during a game. Yeah. Yeah, and 
that line I'm absolutely watching for. Cole Perfetti, another game under his belt at center. That's going to be very interesting. And then you've got the third line as well. I follow Lowry Appleton. Um, and then, as you said, the fourth, or I guess kind of the makeshift fourth line. Kapari is there, but Ford and Harkins are likely going to the Moose this year. Um, Connor Hellbuck gets the start. Not much to analyze there. It's preseason. He's Connor Hellbuck. He'll be fine. Um, and then on the back end, we already kind of previewed the defensive battle. Um, and there's Chisholm, there's Stanley, there's Capabianco, there's Hanela again. Um, so seeing all those guys will be very interesting. On to the Flames side, I believe Dustin Wolf is starting um, in net for them. Unreal season with the Calgary Wranglers last year. Um, mm-hmm. Nikita Zadorov, I see. I see Mackenzie Weger. I see Mangiapani. I see um, a few other. Sam Honzik, their first. Yeah, I was going to say Honzik. Um, and we talked about him. Um, I, I see a few players there. This is this is definitely a better team than the Oilers sent. Um, and it should be better a defensively for sure. Yeah, and it should be a much better game. Um, if you're heading down to Canada Life Center, should be a fun one. Um, number 42 on the Flames. If I had to label one player to watch for, um, their most recent first round pick, 6'4 forward, uh, power forward, kind of supposed to be a beast, Sam Honzik. Uh, that's I'm really excited to see him play. Um, and yeah, unless you have anything else on, on tonight's game or in general, uh, that was, that was, we talked about real hockey. Yeah, we did it. this is, this is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. my only thing I'm going to beat the drum to is, uh, watch Logan Stanley. Cause I don't think he did too much in the second game other than a shot that got deflected by David Gustafson. So yeah, he's one of the other guys that I think is on the radar for, a spot and there's yeah obviously definitely. we know how the split the room is on people there are specific people in the fan base that want him to stay because he's a big defenseman and there are other people that saying we'll look at how he plays in his analytics and he's not great so mm-hmm. we'll see how he does because i th- i genuinely think that finally is the year of he needs to make a decision he needs to figure out if he is here or not because there are guys that are on his heels now there's, it's not yeah. like this weird gap where there's guys that still need to develop the Jets have higher hopes for, and he's kind of this more so ready to go. No, there's Hanela, there's Chisholm. Capo Bianco's fighting for a spot, and I think he's looked good. He looked good in training camp. He's looked yeah. good in the games, right? Like, it, it's go time for someone like Logan Stanley. Like, he's he's got to play well, or I don't know. Is he waivers exempt? I don't know what the situation no. is with him. He'd he'd have to clear waivers to go down, so which I think he personally I think he would clear waivers because the Jets did try to get. So. You don't think so? Well, they did try I to trade him so. and nobody called. So, I, I I think former first round pick, six seven defenseman, some NHL GMs taking a shot, guaranteed. Well, there were more offers for Jansen Harkins than there were Logan Stanley last year, and Harkins sure. sorry, and Stanley was on the trade block. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but I think he, that's a name that people should be looking to see if he makes an impact. I, I do agree. With, <clears throat> sorry, I do agree with that. The, the watching him tonight, um, especially with Hanela, Chisholm, Calvianco, all those guys are playing. This is like an open tryout on the back end. Like you're, you're seeing all the guys fighting for that seventh and eighth spot. And I, I agree. I didn't. I wasn't insanely impressed with what Stanley did in that second game. 
Um, I was pleasantly surprised with what Hanala did in that first game and Chisholm, I guess. They were both pretty good. So mm-hmm. it's it's Stanley's got to have a game where he pushes back here and, and gets back into the conversation because I think, obviously, as I said before, Stanley's probably ahead of Hanala simply because of the waivers exemption. Yeah, But Stanley's got to have a game where he proves that and he's um, – and he's better than Chisholm. He's better than Cavalianco. He's better than every defenseman fighting for that spot. And he's he's proving to the coaching staff that he he deserves the seventh or eighth spot. Um, but yeah, big game tonight, seven o'clock, Calgary. Um, hockey's back. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to be in the building for a few of these games. Uh, this is their second last home game, and apparently there's some big changes to the concourse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to walk around and see what that is. But there's a new burrito place. It's craft beer corner. There's like YWG burger. People are saying it's much more spacious. There's so much more room to walk around. Um, some of the beat reporters are saying like, this is a whole new building. And when it's finally done, it's going to be incredible. So I'm excited to go and walk around and see what everyone's talking about because they've got two weeks to finish up construction, but everything seems pretty promising in, yeah. in that regard. Yeah. And I've been so saying what, like, yeah, I've been saying like, to people around that the craft beer corner is going to be such a hit. Like it's such a hit with the gold eyes. Um, the city loves their, their craft beer, their local beer. That's going to be such a, a success. And it's, it's such an easy, smart decision. And I'm glad they finally did it. Um, and there's the, spacious as well. That's another thing. If you ever yeah. sat in the one hundreds for a game, you walk out at the intermission and you just can't walk because there's just people everywhere. So more space for people to walk around another another big boost to the concourse along with all the new additions that they're they're adding. My only thing will be how much is a craft beer? Oh, they actually posted the prices. I think it's if you have your jets, okay, if you don't have your jets app, I think it's fourteen dollars for for like a king can, which is yeah, it's bad. Um like I knew it. I knew it. If you have your jets 360 app though i think it's ten dollars and fifty cents which actually is actually like the price of just like a regular 18 beer. ounce beer so at, at the game um, yeah <laughs> yeah so honestly like i was expecting worse i honestly was when i saw the prices I, so i was um, speaking to somebody the other day and i they were we were talking about the changes and i said well if they're gonna add craft beer is the price of normal like your Budweiser that sort of stuff going down Mm. or is it going or is everything else going up and that confirms to me that everything else is going up because you can't (laughs) you can't have you can't have a normal craft beer that I can go to the liquor mart overage we're all of age here um, (laughs) and go to the liquor mart and go buy a beer for seven dollars of a king can or eight dollars and then I can do the same and buy a Budweiser at a game it's just like I, yeah. the way the prices are. It's just it is what it is. But ten t- ten bucks with the Jets app might be the play. I think but. I think that's how it is. the The sign said like fourteen, and then like ten, and under the ten, it was like the Jets three sixty app logo or whatever. So I th- so. I think that's that's how that works. Um, don't quote me on it, but yeah, a lot of changes. Um. I'm going to be taking some photos of some of the changes and posting them on Twitter tonight, asking people what they think. Uh, Cause a lot so far it's passing with flying colors and it's not even done yet. Apparently. Yeah. So I'm excited. That's one thing not on the ice that I'm watching for is the, 
the concourse construction. Um, but this conversation has gone too far. We've gone on to the concourse and talking about craft beer. Let's uh, let's get let's on out of a here. a different podcast for craft beer because I know we can sit here and talk for half an hour about craft beer. The Craft Beer Corner podcast. Let, let us know if you want to have if <laughs> if, uh, if we want to do a taste test for once we know what's in there at Canada Life. If you guys want to see an episode of us just trying out craft beer, let us know. Or anything taste else, test. always just go to the socials. Yeah, yeah. At Level Flight WPG. Follow us there. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Level Flight yeah. Podcast. Um, we we mention if you're watching on YouTube many times during the podcast because we we do have graphics up and stuff like that. So subscribe so you don't miss a video. Uh, leave a five star or however many stars you feel is adequate. Leave a review um, on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that as well. Um, helps boost us in the the SEO rankings. And yeah, outside of that, thank you for listening to episode forty seven so many episodes recently flying by um but yeah big game tonight you'll see it on uh level flight wpg we will be posting uh giving our thoughts and yeah see you guys next week for episode 48 see you peace you're listening to the level flight podcast on the hockey podcast network